Did you say essay or hesse? <laughs> this is Hypothetical Help with Scott and Terpster, neither of whom are actual therapists or counselors. Any advice given on this show is truly hypothetical. everybody. Welcome back to Hypothetical Help. This is episode 26 of Hypo Help. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Terpster, the Markster, Terpsterman, Terpsterman. <laughs> I like it, though. It's a better name than my normal name. Yeah. You kind of like... makes it a bit different, doesn't it? Yeah. What do you think about people with Mark with a C instead of a K? What do you think about those people? Well, because obviously Mr. Lovely Mr. Spagnolo mm. is uh, is spelled that way. He is. And I was like, well, last time I checked the Bible, it was spelled my way. And he was like... <laughs> Well, actually, it depends on the Bible. And I was like, ah, shit, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, man, that sucks. I thought I could always kind of sit with this um, this weird justification that an old tenacious book spelt it with a K. But evidently, it's just like in certain translations. Mm-hmm. Depending where you go, the Spanish Bibles mm-hmm. tend to have marks with Cs, apparently. Oh, do they really? That's interesting. Or C. C, they say. Oh, C, S I S then. Yeah. So M A R S I. Got it. C, senor, is what they use over there. So, um, I, it's like I said, it's it's surreal. Yeah. Well, I I like your. I think yours feels right to me. My brother. I have a brother named Mark. So how does he spell his? Uh, with a K, like a normal with person. a K. Yeah. Like a like an upstanding member of society. Yeah. Like a red-blooded Not a communist exactly. spelt with a C. Yeah. You commie bastard. <laughs> So, yeah, all those things are true. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. This is episode 26. That means that uh, we are nearly a quarter of a century. Well, no, we're over a quarter of a century of episodes, and uh, we're grateful that you all come along on this ride with us. We answer questions from you via phone calls and emails. We try to help you the best we can with your terrible, terrible problems. And uh, neither of us. Well, not necessarily. Like some of the problems are lovely problems to have, mm. and some of them aren't as nice. How many do you but think? We a lot help of, you uh, indiscriminately yeah. of your problem. Do you think a we lot of the problems we get are kind of um, first worldly problems? You don't think we're getting too many? Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of our stuff is life and death to me. Well, I hope not, because you know people send us a, an email, a question, you know, a, a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not we're not doing these with any urgency no i'm not burning through it i'm not saying to scott scott we should probably record an episode tomorrow why is that well because these people may need it and equally if we spam the uh the old patreon feed yeah. people will get billed out the wazoo yeah i can't do that we've said we'll do one a week we'll stick to one a week so if it's anything life or death please 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 Go to patreon.com slash hyperhelp <laughs> donate a load of money um and then I will, you know, spam that feed up. There you go. Loads of great advice. I like it. You heard it here first from M-A-R-K and uh, do what he says. And I mean it. Here's our first call. It deals with religion in a mixed home. This is a touchy oh, subject. So here you go. Hey, Scott and Terps. This is Nate calling for hypo help. I just had a quick question. So I am an atheist and my wife is a theist. She is Catholic and we have two children and the discussion came up recently. Uh, they are four years old and one-year-old, and the discussion came up recently on what do we do when certain members of our family start to pass away. Uh, as an atheist, I'm not completely comfortable with the idea of mentioning heaven or any type of afterlife, uh, but there, there also comes to question um, the comfort that can be provided by believers or to believers uh, when it comes to a loved one you know, being in a quote-unquote better place. So I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. 
Thanks. Bye. You can hear how painful it was for him to even say those words. That is tough, though. Well, I got, I got a bit emotional there because he said uh, about people passed away and mm. he said um, true believers, yeah. which to me conjured up Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> the truest of believers. <laughs> and um, he's no longer with us. And that made me a bit sad. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what? He is still with us is because he? Netflix still has a lot of the great classic Star Trek episodes for us to enjoy sure. whenever we want. Yeah, some of the movies um, and things like that, sure. Exactly. So um, He's in our he's hearts there. forever. He's in a, So truly, he's in a better place. Think of it that way. He is. Yeah. He is. Although they upped the subscription, so it's not <laughs> as good as it once was. But, you know, he's there. He's there. I think this is, this is always tricky when you're dealing with people's emotions and... Uh, their irrational beliefs. Um, Scott, w- you're a man of religion. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of uh, the people mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the the earth. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get that there's I get that there's differing. You know, we can we can come to terms on discussions. We can you know see eye to eye, even though we can t- draw from different sources mm-hmm. of um, of information and inspiration. Uh, but to be honest with you, when I die, I want to be, I want the full religious ceremony, you know, not because I think I'll go to heaven and that would be lovely right. because I want to, well, I'll tell a lie. I don't want to have this when I die. I want this before I die. No. I want to have the whole, everyone gets together, sings songs, says about how amazing I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, not that they burn me or bury me because I'd still be alive at that point, but they talk about how, you know, once we burn him, we're going to compress those ashes into diamonds mm. and we're all going to get our nipples pierced with those diamond studded uh, piercings. Uh-huh. And uh, he'll always be close to our nipples, which is where he wanted to be. He always wanted to be there. right? And I just think, firstly, I just want to be in a room where my friends and family and loved ones just have to say nice things about me. Uh-huh. And I don't want to be dead at that point. You know, I don't want to be at that thing where you know they're saying, oh, my God. He was just so generous with his time. I mean, admittedly, he asked for at least $500 for half an hour, which was a bit much. Um, But he was generous with that time. I want to be there to enjoy that. I want people to be, you know, and like I said, I just want a lot of emotion. I've always said how I'd love to have a celebrity, Mm -hmm. just like someone really like top tier famous, like super famous. Um, Like, I don't know, someone like, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Okay. I just want him to come along and just, you know, not say anything. Maybe even sit at the back of the room, but it wouldn't matter because he's Morgan Freeman. Everyone would be like, holy shit, that's Morgan Freeman. Right. They'd freak out. I didn't know Terps knew Morgan Freeman. What's this about? What's mm-hmm. that? Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if he could just, like, maybe cry a little bit or just look like, really, like, my passing is super, you know, stressful for him. Yeah. And then leave before anyone can talk to him as well. So there's this great mystery behind my like, oh my God, he traveled in some high circles, that man. So you just he pull a Bilbo a- and just disappear and go up into the house, get his ring and get the hell out of Dodge. So he would, and then, you know, and then this is it. And then everyone asked me out later, said, was that Morgan Freeman at your you know funeral before you die? Mm. And I was like, guys, guys, I don't want to talk about it, okay? Mm. It's an emotional day, it's an emotional day. <laughs> and just people would just constantly think, my God, he was a badass. Yeah. And that, I think, is all I want to do, is be left with the feeling 
that people thought I was cool. Well, in some ways you could control this unless you have some massive cardiac arrest or something that takes you out of the game without your knowledge. If you have a slow, painful death of some sort, you <laughs> we can, can only it. hope, Scott. Yeah, we can only, we can only hope. hope for something terrible like that. And then you could be there at your final uh, party. Yeah, or wake exactly. Party. Like a living funeral thing. I think I, I'd really like that. Mm. But I think it's, it's always tricky in terms of religion and funerals and, and the rest and how much of it is for the person who's passed and how much is for the person, the peoples who are left behind to deal with it. And I think, you know, we spoke before in the past about the, the differences and how people lean on religion in different ways. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what are your thoughts around, like, have you, have you ever encountered this? Yeah. So this is an easy one for me to, to get my head around because I've experienced something similar to it. Not quite exactly the same, but let's, let me explain it this way. I grew up in a home where, as it turns out, if I look back on it, and I mentioned this at our Nerdtacular summer event thing where I got up and talked about it on stage while we were doing our panel, but we it turns out the gospel of Blaine was the religion in our house. Now, what that is, is that's my dad's name, or was my dad's name. He, he, he died in 2000. But when I was growing up, uh, my dad had a very interesting take on religion, organized or otherwise. His take was simply this. Uh, forget about don't start nothing won't yeah. be nothing <laughs> he said don't uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin he's sorry. like don't mess don't worry about anything theologically speaking don't worry about mysteries don't worry about trying to guess what's on the other side quit trying to worry about guessing what came before quit worrying about what anyone else is doing all you need to worry about is are you leaving this place a little bit better than you found it and and he meant it and he was right. And that's all that we as kids ever really grew up with. It was never, ever pounded down our throats that uh, you needed to believe one thing over another or that one group is wrong and the other is right. That never came up. All that ever came out of it was my dad saying, all right, well, we're going to take the stuff we know we can do, which is what? Well, so-and-so is moving Saturday. We need to help him. He's uh, he's a widower. He's his back isn't what it used to be. He's got to move all this stuff to this to this rest home. We are going to be the people to go and help him do that. Or on the other hand, it might be uh, a stranger who just looks down on their luck or a waitress who is clearly having the worst day possible. And so he will, you know, triple tip them or these kinds of things were the way we were raised and we were told and we believed that that was true religion. True religion for us was a code of ethics, a way of living and treating other people. And so that stuck and everything else we didn't care about. So when when somebody wants to to pick a fight with me or wants to talk to me about, you know, whatever, it's usually kind of a waste of their breath. I'm like, well, you go ahead and keep doing what you're doing and I'm good over here and it's all good. Where everyone's good. Everyone can do what they need to do. We're all adults here. We can figure this out. And I don't really worry about it that much. But where this has come in is kind of the reverse of what he's having. He's talking about being a full-on atheist, and she is a what he referred to as a theist. She's a believer. He's a non-believer. So they're in this, this, this situation where it feels like that could cause a lot of tension. Where I've experienced that tension is on my wife's side of the family. Not her, but on her side of the family, they are much more rules and adherence to those rules and blind faith and uh, you know all the stuff that drives me bananas and never about the people but more about the thing you're doing or looking not not looking bad looking to be doing looking to be doing the thing or or even doing the thing but doing it for reasons that aren't as 
you know, they're not the purest of reasons. They're reasons that are, it's to protect you. It's to, it's to give you quote unquote, the blessings of whatever. And, and, and that, when I hear that stuff come up and it gets talked about and it gives them carte blanche to get a little racist sometimes, they get a little bit of judgmental towards groups that aren't them. And I just steams me to no end because it's a, a complete waste of breath and time and B has nothing to do with, in my mind, what is true religion. So we've, I've had those conflicts before. They haven't surrounded like a funeral or something, but they've, it's definitely come up. Now, the nice thing is I get to go home and be with my wife and my kids and have our lives and not have to worry about it. He's in a situation where it's like they're in the in thick the of it. Roof. It's in the same roof. And that, I don't know they how you do the roof. it. They're in the roof. Maybe it's just as simple as, you know, you're cool on Sundays to watch football and let her take the kids to church. And, you know, as long as you feel like they're getting a, a good experience and good influences from other adults and other people and, and, and art, but, you know. But then, so what, what, what happens? Okay, so um, someone dies. Okay. Here's what I would do. I'd sit down with a kid and go, Junior, your mother believes very strongly that grandpa's going to heaven and that heaven is this place where you can find peace and it's a lot easier than here and you won't be sick anymore. Some say heaven is a place on earth. <laughs> yes, you could even sing it. You don't even have to say it, you can yeah. sing it. Then I would say if I were him, I would say, now I believe differently. I think that the only time we really get is, is while we're here. And wasn't it great that grandpa was so great while we had him and we're really going to miss him, aren't we? But I want you to make your own decision. That's how I do it. Yeah, because they say in heaven, love comes first. <laughs> exactly. We we could make heaven yeah. a place on earth. Why not? I yeah. like it. We need background like music that. for this. This needs yeah, to be. Exactly. Yeah, But you know what I we mean? We can't. Otherwise, we'd have to pay royalties. It's that, so. it's that or you just fight. Like, what's the point of fighting? You know, like, I've got plenty of friends. Here's what I know to be true, Terpster. You could be... Well, let's not use us. Let's use a different example. Let's say there's a two people and they're... One is just an adamant, um, seemingly on the front, hateful, thinks the blacks and the Mexicans have taken all their jobs. I thought we were using different people. We are different. <laughs> you should at least come up with some different uh, hateful racism. Yeah, people have. know this is me now. And Christ. then you got another guy who is thinks he's doing it all wrong and he's got it all right and never the twain shall meet. And they just seem so almost de-evolutionarily de Humani uh, humanitarian what's the word they're not being human to each other at all but you get those two guys out of that conversation away from their keyboard warriorship and together in a room somewhere just doing common things on a common day bowling and those men lunch Donald Trump don't Bernie Sanders <laughs> kind of yeah they're gonna get along they just will <laughs> they'll find common yep. ground like I'm convinced that if you put a KKK grand dragon in the room with an NAACP dude who's, uh, you know, big in the black community, that they would find a way to get along. So I guess that's a very extreme example. But in this particular example, I think it's just, it's as simple as that. Both sides have to just sort of accept it, though. And then the kids will figure it out. The kids are going to go, well, yeah, dad, dad doesn't and mom does. And I think I'm more like dad. Okay, cool. I'm more like mom. And then you're okay. You don't have to, like, there's too many differences to worry about it. Because this isn't your only one. You know that already. Like, Kim, I can't keep... Dude, when I make rice, I leave rice all over the table. I was just having this argument earlier today. I just make rice, and there's little rice kernels all over the kitchen, and I never clean yeah, it up. You, you, the, what, are you, what is your last name? Hitler? I'm a dirty bastard, right? Like yeah. Hitler was. He was a dirty bastard also. Yeah. And uh, she'll take me to town on that and get me, you know, give me all kinds of heat. Well, are we about to divorce or have all sorts of philosophical problems with that? No. It's not really that different. She believes a thing you don't. 
All right. Well, you got tons of other stuff in common, especially great kids. So focus on them. They'll be fine. So our advice in dealing with this is just just really just ignore it. Just avoid it for as long as you can. And eventually, you know, some scientists will come along and say, yep, we ran the numbers twice. God's not real. And then you'd be like, ah, oh, there you go. See, I <laughs> told you. Yeah. Or a priest is going to come along and say, you know what? He only went and actually told me he is real. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, now I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Ah. So either there's way, always. Either way, you're screwed. Either way, exactly. Yeah. I say, have a go. Because you can't. Here's the thing you cannot convince a true believer that they're wrong, and you cannot convince a non believer that they're wrong. Uh, it just is not going to happen. So what do you do instead? Well, you try to find empathy. For example, if it wasn't for. The Catholic Church, there would be no Mother Teresa. Therefore, she wouldn't have had the legacy she had and did the good she did. Probably. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. she's meant to be a terribly nice person, actually. Oh, is she? I, don't know. I, may, I may believe yeah, all no, the more. Again, it's one of those things. I don't know. But, you know, I'm sure you can read horrible things about anyone. Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, she, she wasn't. Uh, I think she stopped a lot of good from happening as well. Uh, oh, entirely possible. I, I don't want to get into I don't want to get into it. But you but you um, know what I mean? Like let's use a more common example. Like there's there there are people I know who are very religious that are very generous with their time and their their faith is the thing that pushes them to do good work. And it's hard to hard to deny that that's a good thing. So I guess what I'm saying is be empathetic to the fact that they're good people doing good things. And they need to do the same. I mean, what is atheism if not religion in reverse really in a lot of ways at least activist atheism i'm not saying everybody's like this but some people get real excited about it to the point that they've created their own religion yeah yeah no exactly i think so i think like mother Teresa, i think like she forbid her sisters to follow any kind of medical training and stuff like that and i think like that's very tough when you're coming from a place that isn't rooted in the same belief when you see like actual stuff going against everything you believe but at the same time i guess that if i went in there and said yo sister mary clarence and co you are gonna have to learn some medical training if you're gonna try and help these people that would be as insulting i guess the other way so yeah. i would say uh insult people save lives uh, but that's just me that's just me uh, other people are gonna feel different ways but yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, we hope that helps. I don't know if it will or not, but yeah. it seems to me like, um, there, there's always a way you can have huge differences, even one fundamental is this in your life and you can still find a way to work around it. Mm-hmm. And besides the kids are what matters anyway. So if you, in the end, you're both, you'll both be yeah, doing the right thing the for them. Yeah. Just tell the kids the truth. Yeah. Just say to them, Hey, don't worry. Mom's crazy. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Like the kids with us, it's like, <laughs> Hey, fight I've, a proxy war. <laughs> I've told my kids early, as early as they could understood it or understand it. I'd say, guys, uh, this like youth activity night that you go to, this scouting trip you're going on that's church sponsored or whatever it is you're doing. These are all good things. They're good things for you. You can get a lot of good experiences, make a lot of friends. All that stuff's great. But you need to know if you if you don't want to do any of this, you don't have to do any of this. Like you don't have to go. There's no pressure here. I don't care what other adults think of it. You guys make your own decisions. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm only saying that's possible to do and she should do it and so should you. It should be on both sides. She should be able to say, you guys should come and you should be a part of this, but you don't have to. I want you to make your own choice and your own decisions, not have us, you know, sway you one way or the other. And the dad should say, I agree. You guys should go or not. You guys should get to choose. It's like anything else. You want a tattoo? Great. Here are the risks. Here are the rewards. Now, do you want to get a tattoo? Good. You do? Okay, great. Because I'm going to get the same one. Yeah. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. In the same place, 
And whenever you show yours, I'm going to show mine. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I'm no expert, but I'm just saying I baked three pretty good buns. The kids are all good. Everyone turned out great. Productive society people who are, you know, happy and, and loving and caregiving and, and have their own issues and problems and their own successes and triumphs. And if, you, if you're looking for a good balanced life, I think that's a great way to parent. And so that's what I would say. Do that. Beautiful. Terpster's on his way to that. He's going to one day blow all our minds with uh, his his daughter because she's going to come out like, I don't know, some kind of brilliant scientist or some sort of... I hope so. Yeah. I hope so, but I take no credit. Yeah. It won't be you. I don't no, either, it really. It's mostly my wife, if I'm being truthful. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's an email. We're going to do this one real quick. Uh, it says, Dear Scott and Terps, to cut to the chase, I'm 18 years old. All right. So we've got a youngster among us here. Sort of this. Job done. Job there we done. go. Next yep. email. Yeah. Next kid. Uh, finished sixth from earlier this year, and I'm currently in a gap year. Oh, I think sixth form. Oh, what's that? It's, um, Is that a British thing? End of, yeah, in between high school and college. Oh. You have sixth form. It's like the, it's like the, uh, Weird. I never even heard fresh, of that. I don't know what that would be. But yeah, so you could leave school at 16, mm -hmm. but if you want to go on to university, you do another two years called sixth form yeah. uh, where you get your A-levels. And if your A-level results are good enough, you go onwards to university. Oh, okay. Like the girl in the Great Amer or the Great British Bake Off that was 17 in the first season exactly. was doing her exams. Exactly. Okay. That's right. I'm so glad we've got Bake Off to help. <laughs> you know what? That show obsessed us for a week. We could not stop. It's amazing. It. It's do, amazing. Do you know why it's great? Let me tell you why it's great. More why the Britons it's win. Quintessentially English. It's very English, <laughs> but not only that, it is a reality. Sh we don't know how to make these anymore over here. It's a reality show that doesn't rely on backbiting and artificial drama to succeed. <laughs> and I loved yeah. that change of pace. It was just yeah, like, no, yeah, oh, they're just exactly. competing. Kind of happy. They're yeah. helping each other. One of them's so late on the thing. She's got ten minutes left and twenty minutes of work to do, and they all band in to help her. There's yeah. hugs at the end of everything. Nobody ever goes away not liking somebody. Like that was that is a powerful example of a show that can be, you know, reality based, still very competitive, yet no one's a douche. It's real good. So good job on that. Tell the queen we approve. I, I I I will. All right. Says, I'll pass it on our next meeting. Says this in the sixth form. However, I develop strong feelings for one of my teachers. I won't specify which teacher because he is a fan of the Yogs cast, and God forbid oh. he may be inclined to listen to this as well. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Not many Yogs cast fans like this. No, this is not their no, speed. This is funny. <laughs> yeah, this is a hoot. whammy. Yeah, <laughs> they well, don't like humor. Well, you have to be over twelve to get it. So you do. You do. <laughs> Just kidding, you guys. You guys are great. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Anyway, I've never expressed my feelings because I knew it was wholly inappropriate, aside from the fact that he is a significantly older than I am. Oh, it's a he and she's a she. I didn't, didn't okay. click until now. Um, okay. And that, uh, sorry, then I, and that I was too much of an introvert to speak about it. Okay. I just kept telling myself that it was a silly crush and that over time I would get over him. Besides, after doing some research, I discovered that it was quite common occurrence for students to form these connections and feelings for teachers. Mm. Having now left school uh, uh, that I attended, I no longer see him every day, and it has actually now been five months since I last saw him. The problem is I'm having my feelings for him not uh, gone away or decreased at all. If anything, they're stronger. I just can't stop thinking about him, and it's driving me insane. I think I've fallen in love with him. Bleedy blee, blah -de blah Apologies for waffling. Uh, any advice would be much appreciated. Somebody named A. A? Well, yeah, I don't think it's their real name. A. A for anonymous. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is obviously... 
this is beautiful infatuation yeah. of the highest level. Sure. Um, firstly, obviously, we know this teacher is intelligent because, mm-hmm. like they say, he's a he's a good fan of the Oxcast. Um, but at the same time, is it is this? You get this sort of uh, not so. What is it? I'm trying to think of the the phrase for a student teacher admiration. Um, but you know, there's the reality is is that people in a kind of position of authority or almost like a father figure can sometimes um, encourage, you know, it can sometimes develop into this. And I think, I think she starts off saying about like, I kept telling myself it's a silly crush and that over time I get over him. Um, It's been five months. She thinks about him more and more, but she, she isn't seeing him. And yet apparently she loves him more and more or she's come to realize her love and affection even more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just don't know how legal any of this is. Like, I don't <laughs> know if you're allowed to. I know, like, when you're at school, no. you're not allowed to get with your teachers for obvious reasons. You could bang them into higher grades. Yeah. We've all thought about it. I thought, well, sadly, if I tried to seduce my female teachers, I'd probably end up getting a lower grade. Yeah. Um, and I don't need that sort of pressure. You know, it's enough pressure as it is making sweet, sweet love to a lady mm-hmm. without thinking that there's, you know, a grade on the line as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, fair enough. But once you leave school and once you're no longer a student, I think you, I don't think there's anything legally wrong, but I think it's heavily frowned upon due to the kind of the idea that something could have happened during the school experience. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I remember a story from my uh, secondary school. Uh, one of the the girls in the year below me, she had a boyfriend uh, in the like in the sick form when we were just started at school. It's really weird. She always dated older guys, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was very she had she had she was she had massive boobs. Um, and so I just thought I'd just rather than trip around it. She had she had huge boobs, and that is sticks in my mind. Um, but anyway, uh, we we used to do. Uh, musicals and plays and stuff at school and i remember like doing them and like there was a jazz uh, orchestra i was in i played the saxophone it was amazing um and um the music teacher basically long story short they're now together her and the music teacher oh wow and you know i i'm i don't know if anything happened during the school time but at the same time it colors everything when you look back on it and you start thinking like well hang on all those sort of like lunch times when you'd go into the music room and they'd be there and hanging out with other people but they they spent a lot of time together it just starts getting a bit weird and a bit kind of abusive almost when you look at it in terms of the power relationship between the 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 dominant and the i guess submissive uh in the shape of a student at school you've got to do what they say they're they're in charge you have to you have to obey them um so it can be, it can get a bit weird yeah. and like i said these these are two consenting adults that uh you know are i think t- i don't know you know i'm fairly sure that t- i don't know if they're still together but they were at one point mm-hmm. um so like at the same time like on one level it's completely fine and on the other level it's just a bit weird so well, we don't know what his say, we don't know if he reciprocates either we don't know if he's at all interested. i would exactly well i'd assume not because he hasn't spoke to her in five months yeah. he's made no effort and he may feel something but equally he may think whoa you know she's it's worth risking Weird. my job over sure you know because people could take a exception to it mm-hmm. so i would say 
just just don't do it. Just just move on. Okay, you're on a gap year. A gap year. You got to go out. You got to travel. You got to go find other people. Broaden your horizons. Um, you know, meet people outside of that sort of context and relationship. And just you know, just just be 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 you with other people and see. Yeah. And maybe if after that, you know, you spend a year traveling the world, making love to people all over the world <laughs> of all different creeds and races and genders, you know, sure. and then you say, you know what? I really like that teacher. Maybe it's worth saying hi and just seeing if there's anything there. But at the same time, I imagine the fantasy of that relationship and how it might be is probably infinitely better uh, than the reality of what it would or could be yeah. in terms of, you know, the judgment and everything else. It is often, it. that is often the case. And I would worry about that a little bit as well. But also, you know, I mean, at some point, like what's the age of consent in Britain? 16. Okay. So she's, so she's out of, so it's 18 here. If you're 18. Yeah. But she's 18. So she's, she's good. She's well, uh, yeah, she's good. Either, wherever she travels. Either country. Right. And, my guess is I'm so I'm just going to assume that this guy's like in his 30s or something, right? She didn't let's, say. Let's assume it. Why All right, not? Let's say he's 33 or whatever. Um, that's still pretty young, but that's also pretty old compared to 18, uh, mature maturity wise. I'm a terpster. Give this some freaking time. Give it some space. Um, let that let that wear down just a little bit. If it's a, if it's a thing that can work out, then it will work out in its due time, and you'll you know you'll have to take control of that. But you know. I, I'm never one of those to say, well, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. It's just too easy of an answer. So if it's meant to happen in your heart, then you'll make it happen. And if he's interested, he'll be there to, to reciprocate. But if he's not, then you got to prepare yourself for that for that uh, that smackdown. However, I think that Terpster's right. You give this a few years, you're extremely young. Um, you're not going to, pr- you're probably going to just drift away from it. That's my thinking. And, you know, I'm not saying that's the best thing. But you're not, it's not going to last forever, man. There's no way. It's your teacher. It's too weird. And I don't mean weird like, ooh, creepy weird. I mean, the juxtaposition of student and teacher is just weird. It's just hard. Can it work for some people? Absolutely somewhere somebody's got this figured out. Maybe it's your friend, Terps, that you know, or something else. But for most people, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's uh, weird, Scott. Not as it's weird, weird as this show. If you would like to support it, we'd love you to. Patreon.com slash hypohelp, H-Y-P-O-H-E-L-P. Uh, even just a tiny bit per episode will get us where we uh, want to keep going. I love the 328 patrons we currently have. They are phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. In the space of last episode and this episode, we dipped below 500. Mm-hmm. And you all came back and said, you know what? I want to hear some more. And I... I salute you. So thank you to everyone. If you're listening and you haven't yet subscribed, uh, you know, and helped uh, on Patreon, you know, it'd be great if you can. If you can't, leave us a comment, uh, you know, and a review on iTunes. Obviously five stars. Don't mess around with anything less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we appreciate it all. So well, thank you. 300, would you say 340? Is that how many? 328 patrons. But we yeah, no, three million. All three million of you supporting us. Thank you. All right, I'm doing a quick percentage here. We get about 15,000 listeners per episode. That is 2.42% of the population helping us. We they surely are, can do better the, than that. They're the MVPs. Yeah, they really are. They're the MVPs. So, so thank you guys for being the MVPs. Let's bring some more in and have more MVPs. That's what I would like to say to and Is this is this $1,000 for a video episode? No one wants to see us, Scott. That's the problem. Uh, why would That's they? That's the problem. Think about it. Maybe we should say it's $1,000 for us not to do video episodes. <laughs> and everyone's like, you know what? 
I'm going to pay a thousand dollars myself just to be safe. Yeah, the numbers are uh, flown and that's up. Fine. It's amazing. We've got we've broken all records as of this recording. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. If you'd like to submit your own questions, you can 801-471-0462. Send emails to scott at frogpants.com. And as always, the website has everything you need at hypotheticalhelp.com. We're also on Twitter. Find Terpster at the underscore T. Find me at Scott Johnson. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Terpster, and for these two helpless individuals. We'll see you next time. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Sweet.